0: Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Nelson, Ashto's Psychop coordinator, and welcome back to Psychop Talks Winter Ops. Just last month, the PSYCOP Steering Committee met for our annual meeting in Charlotte, North Carolina, just before Ashto's Committee on Maintenance got together for their annual meeting. Now, these meetings marked the end of Season 1 of PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops, and I'm happy to report that the 12 episodes of Season 1 were played over 1,300 times. Now, when we started Psychop Talks Winter Ops, Our goal was to share important conversations about winter maintenance with folks who might not otherwise have had the opportunity to interact directly with the experts we've had on our podcast. So as we kick off Season 2 of PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops, I want to thank our guests from Season 1 for making it a huge success. And I especially want to thank the state DOTs who supported the PSYCOP Technical Service Program with their annual contributions. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to produce services like PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops. While we were together in Charlotte, we took the opportunity to sit down with a few folks to talk about winter maintenance. In this first episode of Season 2, we were fortunate enough to visit with Tina Greenfield. Tina is a member of the PSYCOP Steering Committee, and she also chairs the TRB Winter Maintenance Committee. For her day job, she's the Rwis Coordinator for the Iowa DOT. Now, the Iowa DOT has been involved in a number of winter maintenance projects over the years that have amassed a huge amount of data. Now they're taking the next step and launching into a program of mining that data and creating a host of applications to help their operations. Let's listen in as PSYCOP talks winter ops and big data with Tina. Hi, Tina.
1: Hi, Rick. How
0: are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks thanks for being here. Um, we're taking advantage of a little time together here at the uh, Maintenance Committee's annual meeting and, and the Psychop annual meeting to uh, talk about some things that are really exciting going on at the Iowa DOT. Um, and, and I think you guys have been doing some really outstanding stuff over the years.
1: Well thanks Rick. I appreciate the opportunity to do a little podcast with you. This will be yeah, fun.
0: I, I think so too. Um, you know, this isn't the first time we've been together. We, we did a podcast a while back when we were just getting started. You're also the chair of TRB's Winter Maintenance Committee.
1: Right on. Yep, I am going to be starting my third year with that.
0: Yeah, and and I and you know, I think there's some some interesting things planned on the horizon for TRB, but um, what we want to talk about today is some big data that the Iowa DOT has been working with um, you know it's, it's funny we get together and it's, it's like well who's doing the, the latest exciting thing and it's like Iowa always seems to come to the, uh, the top of the, the the cream flows to the top of the, of the can there and uh, you all have been doing some really cool stuff with AVL and uh, the um, camera images
1: right yeah uh, we've, we're actually on our second part our second phase of our gps avl and also with our plow cams you know we've we've been at it for several years now i think 2010 was our first uh kind of trial deployment and so we've almost got eight years it doesn't sound like that much but uh so we had one system and then a couple years ago we decided to upgrade and then uh same with our plow cams. so we've we've kind of been around at a couple of different times in a couple different ways and so our our path has not been straightforward. Yeah. Say.
0: It, well, and you know, it's there's like always continuous improvement that takes place, right? And and uh, you you start down a path, and then a tangent looks better. And
1: well, not only that, but you learn. You think you know what you want the first time around. So you you, do you think you're really clever. You're like I I got this all thought through. I want this 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 this. And you get this 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 sort of. Sometimes things are a little more difficult than you might think to implement, and sometimes you have to compromise and. And then you end up with this thing, and you try to use it, and you try to apply it towards all those dreams and goals that you had. And, and sometimes you kind of realize that this is nice, but actually...
0: It might be a little I, better, yeah. yeah. It, it might be, you know, we probably should
1: have asked for this instead of that. And you, you know, and so you learn with experience.
0: Right. And, and you know, with, with the AVL and, and the GPS and, and the camera images... Um, I think there are a lot of states, you know, they sort of went through this this internal debate about do we keep the data or don't we keep the data, and and I think Iowa decided to keep it, right? Oh,
1: yeah. There was really, of all the things, you know, it, AVL is kind of, uh, there's a lot to debate in AVL and big data, and one of the things that was not much under debate at all was we are going to keep the pings from the trucks because... Our, our big benefit that we saw, the, our grand vision that we're still actually working to eight years after our first, you know, toe in the water is the advanced analytics, the big data stuff. And if you don't keep your data, that's going to be really hard for you to do. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but for us, that's, that's uh, where we felt our biggest benefit was going to be. You know, there is, of course, you know, operational and, and immediate benefits to having an AVL system during storms but for us where we thought where we were actually going to move forward as an agency was through studying that information that we were getting from the trucks and uh, we knew that we would have to set up the storage uh, we would have to keep the databases and uh, ultimately make the decision to actually use all that stuff because once you start collecting it it turns into a pretty big data set pretty quickly
0: right now now what all what all are you keeping c- 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 a sense of magnitude, right?
1: Oh boy. Uh, we are currently collecting trucks, uh, truck pings uh, every 10 seconds. We started out uh, at a different frequency. We started out uh, once every minute and we thought, ooh, that was going to be plenty. But uh, as we, again, we started using it and, and for websites and for kind of the, the real time decision making, once a minute was fine. You know, that was close mm-hmm. enough to know where a truck was and where it was going. But uh, for our resource, resource management folks, you know, the, the, the accounting aspect, where the different, you know, where the salt was going, where our time was going. Oh, right. A truck can uh-huh. be a lot of different places in a minute. Yeah. You know, um, so we actually made the choice to go from one minute down to every 10 seconds. We have an AVL system on every truck that we have, which is about 900 trucks. So uh-huh. that racks up pretty quickly. Yeah, now, do
0: you collect that AVL data year-round, or is it, like, just for winter service?
1: No, it, it, it collects all year-round, so as soon as the truck is turned on, and also a few pings, um, you know, kind of maintenance pings, we'll say, as the truck is turned off, it'll just ping in every once in a while just to make sure that it's still alive, but it's always there. We don't turn it off. We, we have summertime applications for that information as well as winter, of course, winter being the most important right. for us. right.
0: So, so what kind of well, and then and then you've got your iPhone images too, right? Yes. That program is yes. still like yes. going uh, on. Yes,
1: yeah, and that is a, a very interesting thing because um, uh, the iPhone project that Rick just referred to is uh, what we like to call Plowcam. Plowcam started in 2013, I think, was our first couple, and they were iPhones that we had these little X grip, RAM mount, suction cup things—the same things that you'd buy off <laughs> Amazon. That's where we got them. Yeah. Uh, suction cupped up where the, the rear-view mirror of the truck would be. And the phone had these little this little um, application that our IT staff built for us that would um, take the GPS reading from the phone, and when the app was started, it would take a photo every 5 to 10 minutes. Still photo, not a video. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it would transmit that photo across the, the iPhone's uh, cellular uh, uh, system up up to the server and then the server would put those images on the website and we would look at them to see where you know what was going on mm-hmm. really on the road now uh, if you if you kind of compare a dash cam versus a ARWIS or an ITS pole camera image you know we've had we have had the IRW and ITS cams for decades, right. you know but they're they are such a different view. Mm-hmm. When you're looking out the windshield of a truck, it gives an entirely different perspective, a much more uh, easily understood
0: I think yeah a very so it's like a, so if I'm a, a motorist right yeah. and I'm looking at your site. What I see from your plow is more like what I'm going to see from my windshield. Yeah, when you
1: you look at the eye test cameras, which are great, we love those, you see kind of this bird's eye view, and it Mm -hmm. doesn't look the same as when you are really there, and you see the the plume of the snow coming off the semi that's trying to pass on the right, you're on the left-hand side, and and you get a real sense of what's going on there, and it's very quick to just look at that and go, oh, that doesn't look so bad, or click on the next one and it's like,
0: ooh. Yeah, maybe maybe, not. maybe I'll stay home. <laughs> maybe
1: not. I mean, it, it's uh, it's great for the motorists. It's a very uh, uh, good way for them to get. Yeah,
0: and, down and, to the, earth. and you get feedback yeah. from those folks. I mean, they are digging it, right?
1: Oh yes, they loved it from day one. Uh, we've received extremely positive comments on on Facebook, and, and we've seen our plow cam images used in media programs. We've seen them everywhere. We've gotten great comments from the public. They love the service. Um, their their biggest comment is, you know, if anything negative, negative in air quotes. There is, well, when am I going to get one on my road? Yeah,
0: right. You know? <laughs> right. And you know, when you talk traveler information, it, it's like, how do you convey to a motorist, like in text or a color of a line on a road, you know what? What things really look like out there? When in fact you could just show them a picture and say, you know, two minutes ago, this is what it looked like.
1: Yeah, a pictures worth a thousand words, as they say, right? Yeah. And otherwise, our our five one one winter road condition report or say things like partially covered, completely yeah. covered. Yeah. What, like, Travel like, not advised. What, what does that mean? You know? Exactly. <clears throat> you know, you can you can show someone a hundred pictures, of what partially covered looks like, and there's there's yeah. a humongous variance, and it's very different. Between my opinion of partially covered and your opinion of partially covered, but when you see the picture, yeah, you know what <clears throat> you're right. dealing with. That's right. That's right. And it's also very great because the truck is moving, so we're taking these snapshots every five to ten minutes. Truck's going to be in a slightly different place. Mm-hmm. The truck isn't necessarily confined to the the big roads that you would normally see these ITS deployments on. They go off on these smaller, um, you know, two-lane rural highways that typically oh, right. don't get the love, so to speak. But But you'll you'll see conditions out there. You'll see it on Mm -hmm. the interstate. You'll see them driving through small towns, places that just don't get coverage normally. And they get a nice sampling. On the website, they get uh, not just the most current image, but a a few back, so Uh you can actually almost see the path of the truck with these little image icons as it's driving down the road. And you can get a great idea of what it looks in town versus out in the country, and and. We love it, too, because our plow drivers and our supervisors can watch just as just as oh, right. a mm-hmm. motorist would watch a storm come in or decide whether they want to make a trip or not. They can watch these images, too, and think, oh, you know, that's a little different than what I was expecting. Or, wow, that's really covering up. I want to, you know... Right. Want to make sure that I do better than that guy, you know? Yeah, right, there's always right. there's always some little uh, competition between the different areas, but they'll it's it's the ultimate snooper because they can they can check on the roads, see what's coming at them, see how the roads are degrading over time or improving over time, mm-hmm. and use that for real decision making at that moment.
0: Yeah. So so back to the big data thing. Yes. Right. Um. What. What what have you learned so far? Like in your eight years of of yes. doing big data, besides you need a lot of storage, right? So
1: so big data, yeah. So there's this there's this difference between data and information, right?
0: Yes, right. <laughs> we have
1: collected a lot of data, but we are really just beginning with the information part. So we have millions and millions of things stored in our databases, which we have put to use. Uh, we are still learning. Um, some of the ins and outs and how you can use that, uh, where the system does well, and where it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But then also we're learning a bit about ourselves. So one of the projects that is probably a, a, our best example of how we've used the big data in in bulk form. So you know, actually, if I can back up just a little bit and say, big data is different from. What you're used to doing in spreadsheets and things like that. Yeah, okay. You know, you take millions and millions of pings, and you drop them in this computational bucket, so to speak, and you, you start to pull out trends. And, and oh, so it's
0: the data mining thing, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, you, you pull out from all this noise. I mean, when you think millions of pings, you've got everything going on. It's not clean, but you can start to get these correlations. You can start to get these um, tallies that just by the bulk of the data that you have there, you can start to see through some of those uh, confounding things that, you know, from one case to another might make it a little difficult to compare. So it's, it's a very different animal to handle. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that we did earliest on was we sent a lot of these pings to Iowa State and said, all right, Iowa State, <laughs> we've got, here's your bucket of 18 million pings, uh, we would like you to do some baselining for us. We had some, we had some uh, budget constraints that were coming our way, and we were going to try to find a way as an agency to make up for these budget shortfalls. Okay. So uh, setting the stage was, you know, they were, they were talking about uh, uh, if, if, if we, you know, had to let go of um, these vacant positions out in the field you know, if someone left or retired or moved on to a different position, uh, the possibility that that position would not be refilled. Oh. Mm-hmm. So you would have the potential of, of 30, 40 plow driver positions going bye-bye over the course of this fiscal year.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So how are we going to make that up? You know, 30 people is going to be felt somehow, so how are we going to manage that? Mm-hmm. And so what we wanted Iowa State to do was take a look at where we were right now. Because, uh, you know, there was a lot of hand-waving that was going on as this discussion was happening. That, oh, you know, it'll be no problem because, you know, you can just uh, maybe service roads a little less at night. Or maybe you just, you know, reduce service a bit on low-volume roads and and you can make up for the the lost productivity of those 30 positions. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting there in office going... Wow, will that be enough? So we uh, gave these pings to Iowa State University and said, We would like you to tell us what our practices are right now based on what we've got from the data. You know, because we have our own opinions about what we're doing and we hear from the field and everything. But to what extent were some of these? indications true uh-huh and, so and, and
0: did they give you good stuff
1: they did so they they analyzed some garages for us they came back with um uh information about how we treat the different classifications of roads so they knew um where our trucks were and then what type of road uh aadt annual mm-hmm. average daily traffic those different roads have what classifications they were they knew from the pings what time of day that truck was servicing that area so we had a uh split outs between what our service looked like in the night versus the day. And the whole – what this all kind of came up with was a baseline for what we are doing right now prior to any kind of reduction and allowed us to then say, okay, if we are here, we can model now forward and say, you know, if we lost 30 30 folks –
0: what, what, what does Which, that look like, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, how, how, what, what kind of uh, plow turnaround time or plow frequency reduction do we have to see on a low-volume road in order to make up for that? Mm-hmm. And so we had then the basis to do all these what-ifs that we could then go back to management and say, you know, we, could, we can make up for these 30 if we did this. Here's, here's what this would look like on a map. Uh-huh. Here's, here's another way that we can make up for this 30. You know, and and give them options, and also start a discussion with them that, in the in the, the, the policy folks, that was not just based on um, kind of an emotional reaction to or what, what this. we think yes. what we think what might we think, happen. You know, oh, right. you know, the sky is going to fall, and of course, the sky is going to fall. That's what you hear from everybody. Right. You know? so, so we were like, all right, if you want to do this. According to our information, this is what is going to, you know, here are your options. Which would you like to to choose? And so that allowed them to, uh, our managers, to have intelligent conversations with these folks that were not just, you know, whining and wailing and everything like that. They were really data-based and showed that um, we had really thought this through and, there are ways that we could definitely do what they were suggesting, yeah. but it was just a matter of whether they wanted to go in those different places. Right.
0: What are some of the other things that you've been able to do with that? Um, you know, uh, I remember a long time ago in one of our peer exchanges, um, and I can't even remember where it was, but but you, had, you were just beginning to think about dashboards and and knobs and colors yes. and, and things like that. Uh, I know you haven't been sitting on that.
1: Uh. No, right. Uh, we are actually in our sixth year, uh, just finished our sixth year of the Salt Dashboard which is one of our bigger dashboard initiatives of which there are several. Um, but this one is particularly impactful because it has uh, revolutionized our way of, of keeping track of salt usage throughout the winter. So what it does, in a nutshell, is, is the salt dashboard um, brings in weather data from storms and calculates, you know, based on the storm data and where the storm occurred as far as their levels of service and things that those garages are responsible for, what each garage's estimated salt use would be for that particular storm.
0: Oh, so on the front end, it's, it's sort of predicting... Based it, on the historical
1: Yeah it can. the biggest thing is in, actually in reverse. Oh,
0: okay. so,
1: so there is so um, a couple of years ago, I, I did I hooked it up to our forecast service that we, we receive uh, some data feeds from. Mm-hmm. So the system can run in forward like that just as well as it can in reverse as long as you've got the weather information for it. it okay. doesn't, doesn't really care when, when the weather information is valid.
0: Oh, right. But, or, but, or if it is even valid. You're right. right. As yeah. long as you have weather information. But though. as far
1: as the management side goes, we use we use the actual storm data. So okay. what actually occurred that day? So uh, storm type, was it blowing snow, freezing rain, snow, how did it was the snow, um, pavement temperature? And mm-hmm. it knows when it started, when it stopped, or when it changed to a different phase. And it would link that information to the pavement temperature at the time. And... Uh, through our, our salt salting guidelines, which are, are storm and temperature-based, would come up with a, an expected pounds per lane mile for that location. Uh-huh. We know how many lane miles they have and what classification, so we can scale them right. up and down. So every garage has then a... a uh, we would have expected during the storm they used X many tons alongside it we have their actual use oh
0: yeah okay (laughs) got it got it
1: (laughs) so so they it, it is a way to kind of keep track of you know whether the use for that that storm or that month or that week or that season is tracking with our expectations and it is a model so it doesn't have all of the you know the fine details that go into a real winter maintenance decision but if you start to see things start to go a little sideways, and it's December, you still mm-hmm. have plenty of winter to have a conversation and say, okay, you know, what's going on here? Is it justified? Well yeah. before you ever get to the point of dwindling salt piles or um, problems with, you know, chronic overapplication right. or anything like that.
0: You know, so, so one of the things we've been talking about while we're here at the Committee on Maintenance meeting— has been performance metrics. And we saw mm-hmm. a report on a recent NCHRP project that's that's like being edited, it's, it's like not out right now. But, um, w- you know, when you look at the inputs to those performance measures, you know, one that always seems to come up is tons of salt. And w- so when you're having this discussion about performance metrics, and, and you say, oh, I'm gonna measure tons per salt, and you say, well, that's not really a performance metric. But if with your system, with the dashboard, if you've got this, this estimated amount of salt that if we followed the guidelines, should have been used versus how much you actually used, now that seems like maybe we're You're getting getting, getting close to yeah, a, a, yeah, a, a yeah. more realistic performance metric like around salt. Right, right? because
1: what it really is, what this salt dashboard really is is a uh, normalizer for winter events. And the service level that you are responsible for. So it allows the comparison between your area to another area that, uh, or you across years, that allow you to really keep pretty close tabs on what really is going on. Because different, you know, storms are different wherever you go. Right. The types of roads that they have to take care of is different everywhere you go. And if you just looked at people's salt use outright, those two things mask a lot. Yes. of what is really going on at those garages. Well, but, and,
0: and, and, you know, the, the, so then there's the talk about storm indexes mm-hmm. and all of that, and and that's, like, more model right, yep. with your, you know, modifying constants and long yeah. equations. But this is more this like is,
1: this is an ex- we're
0: measuring, like, what really should happen, right. right?
1: Well, when you think about it, though, this is just an extremely specific uh, weather index, that is taking into account the impact of weather on salt use yeah you know when you I mean when you really boil it down of course it spits out things in units of tons right so it's really yeah and it, it is actually very accurate as far as uh, correlation to to uh, expected uh, but then that allows us to take the next step so in the dashboard we're focusing on just output so you as a manager can just make sure that, that your output is is uh, keeping uh, keeping up with expectations mm-hmm. and that you're not overusing, underusing, or anything like that. The next step is the outcome. So you can look great on the salt dashboard if you never use any salt. Right. But <laughs> is yeah, your right. road <laughs> going to um, uh, kind of keep up with that? You know, are you going right. to provide the level of service that you're expected to? And in, in day-to-day operations, we expect our maintenance managers to be that outcome monitor. Right. So they're 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 the, the people who will, you know, make sure that the goals are being met. Now, as far as an agency goes, then one of my jobs is to take this information about salt use and how people are tracking onto target, and then compare it to um, things such as you know how long did it take after the end of the storm for us to regain normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's normal?
0: Yeah. What what what's normal?
1: Yeah, right. Well, that's that's always kind of a subjective thing. Right. Uh, normal is is for us bare wheel path uh, or bare uh, lanes you could have a little snow on the on the shoulder okay. or the center line or something like that but we call it seasonally normal
0: seasonally normal yeah
1: yep. Yeah. but basically a clear driving path yeah. wet wet or dry
0: now you've been looking at like um, uh, speed recovery and some things like that too right yes
1: yes uh, we're always kind of taking our taking a look at something that's a little bit more um, continual because mm-hmm. Time to normal is one point at the end of a storm. There's a lot of things that can happen during that storm uh, that are important for us. So we, we feel that speed is a uh, nice continual variable mm-hmm. that you can track you know, at almost you know, two-minute increments through the course of a storm. And uh, it's fairly ubiquitous. You can get it in a lot of different places. We have sensor systems. We have right. services such as Google and NREX that can provide that. Uh, the problem or the challenge that we're running into is, is again, with the kind of the, the downside of big data is that it's big, right? Yeah, it's
0: big. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so we've had a, a number of initiatives, uh, kind of trying to start into using traffic speed as a continuous performance variable during storms. Mm-hmm. Um, We have looked into it. We've built some sample systems. For us, we haven't made the step into making it operational yet. Okay. It's still our most – our operational measure is time to normal. Yeah, okay. But uh, we're working, and uh, there's always places to go with that, and uh, we'll see what we can do.
0: Yeah. So, like, aside from the dashboard, there's some other things you've been doing with this big data, right? Um. I think one of the things you talked about uh, a month ago or so had to do with um, your automated road condition reporting, and, and there's also was some yes. plow blade right um, research that you all are working. Yeah,
1: on. Yeah, so so I'll start with there's there's several initiatives that we got going on. One that's linked to the conversation that we just had about traffic speed. Uh, so we've got Iowa State working on um, uh, kind of working in the crash uh, risk traffic speed, mobility indexes in the winter maintenance uh, world, you know, what kind of impact are we having out there uh, mm-hmm. as far as, as not just traffic speed but mobility or, you know, safety and things like that. They are also um, taking our plow information as far as whether the plow is down, whether the plow is up, whether it had the plow, um, the hydraulic lifting oh, gauge right. that kind of yeah. takes a little bit of the pressure off the plow. Um, and, and matching that up with where the plow was and the surface type that it was on and the, surface, the, the actual road surface's friction index. And so what we'd like is, uh, for, for our sample blade set that we have, which we have several different types of blades from various manufacturers, we are trying to get them to uh, give us some information on what blades wear better on what types of roads. We don't. We don't think that there is just one blade that is going to be the blade for every situation. We mm-hmm. have micro steel. We have concrete roads. We have old rutted asphalt. We have brand new asphalt. You know, so um, every every blade manufacturer has their special sauce, right? And so what we want to do is make sure that we're choosing the the best blade for that particular route that that plow is going to be traversing, okay. and. It's a lot of data, because it's not just a lot of plow pings that we've got to analyze. We've got measurement data from them uh, at the garage, measuring the the actual blade wear Mm -hmm. from storm to storm, kind of getting some intermediate data as far as how long this blade lasted during that particular type of event, whether it be a blowing snow versus a freezing rain. And they're matching it up with all this pavement information. And it's it's truly a lot of, of balls to juggle in the air. Right. But uh, we're hoping in a couple months we'll have a good indication of of where we should go with uh, suggesting blades for people.
0: Yeah, that, you know, that's a little more scientific than, uh, let's try three or four of these and uh, see how well it works, right? Yeah,
1: well, and that's, that's still, you know, that's where a lot of people are stuck because, uh, I mean, you, you, can, you don't know how something's going to work until you try it, right? But right. there's just so many things that go into how well a blade wears that... Um, we're just beginning to get to some of the major, yeah. uh, major uh, criteria. Yeah,
0: and then having a more objective way to look at that, I mm-hmm. think probably, yeah. especially if you're going to be buying some more expensive blades for a particular situation. Yeah,
1: when we found several years ago, uh, when we first made our step out of the kind of what I would call the standard straight carbide into the, the fancier blade types, was yeah, they may be more expensive, but it's cost per mile that's really right. important. If they last twice as long. They might be the cheaper blade after all.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah. So, uh, anything else? It's, um, you know, I think we sort of had the little, a little list of some things we wanted oh, to be sure well, we talked about. Yeah, is, there's. The, what else do we need to? Well, include in including the conversation. The
1: the big data project that we have going on with SAS too. So, uh, stepping out of the operational side of winter maintenance and into the the traveler information side, uh, we've hired a company called SAS out of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. That yeah. um, they are, uh, again, taking all of our plow pings, taking our RWS information, our airport weather station information, uh, traffic, basically all of this important like stuff. Like everything, you, yeah, right? Yeah, everything, right. And uh, what they are working on is an automated method for determining road condition based on all of this information. So, uh, like I said earlier on 511, we have a little route system that says dry or whether it's it's normal, whether it's partly covered, mostly covered, uh, and then into the impassables and things like that. And currently our winter maintenance folks have to go in and report these conditions manually when the condition changes. Yeah, segment by segment. Yes. And so so sometimes you know, they're busy, right? Right. <laughs> and so they're they're fighting their storm, they're plowing and everything like that. And meanwhile this route over here Might change categories, go from partly Mm -hmm. covered to covered or vice versa. And unless someone was right there on their iPad getting that entered, it can be pretty easy for someone to kind of forget about uh, checking in on that route or updating it on the page Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, until someone gets back there. And what the system is designed to do is to uh, look at all this information that's coming in and say, oh, I think this route has moved from partially covered to completely covered So it's
0: like a predictive thing, right?
1: Or predictive for the current time period. Based on the information that it's got going, it says, oh, we don't, you know, from the traffic speed that we're seeing on it or the weather, we think this route is likely going to be covered at this time, not partially covered. So
0: instead of having a pair of eyes on there, you're looking at the data. Yeah, it's like
1: like an automated way of saying, alert, alert. Uh We think this condition has changed of course, it still comes back to the, the supervisor or their delegate to, to make that change official on our 511 page. But <laughs> at least it is something that could potentially say, hey, heads up. I know yeah, you're busy right. doing all kinds of other things, but we think you might need to look at this and upgrade its condition or downgrade its condition. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So that we get quicker, um, quicker and, and ultimately more accurate information out to the public.
0: Right, right.
1: If it works well. Then, of course, predictive is where we're going to be going with it yeah. because we, you know, you can, you can see so these kind of, models. So what kind of timeline are you looking at? So so for that one, we are hoping to have a prototype available for this winter. Right uh, Next month, we're going to be going into the user testing, and then uh, if things are looking favorable, then we'll actually start using it yeah. on on uh, basically our I-80 corridor, kind of limited limited mm-hmm. section of Iowa to, in the wintertime to see how it would. Work. and like but, I said it's not on automatic feed up to the 511' it's, it's an alert to a, a person right right but, but very cool there stuff will be, I mean, yep, there will be people that will be getting it's
0: information like you're, you're and, collecting all of this stuff' that's like it, it's almost like uh, here we have all this data um, you know what can we do with it? its I, I think it's awfully exciting to, to try to
1: there's a sort lot. some of that
0: out because you know historically you built a system you'd go in and say I want to do this and then you'd go try to collect whatever data you know you you needed to do that and now it's sort of the whole model is sort of reversed it's like we have all this data now what kinds of things can we think of to to do with it I think that's really exciting Uh,
1: yeah and once once you start doing a few things then you start getting ideas for other things so you start here and you think oh that's cool but you know if we if we do this, that'd yeah. be even cooler just, just, like when we, yeah. <laughs> just like at the beginning
0: of the podcast it's like, you know hey, it would be really cool if we could just do this other little thing, you know
1: and sometimes that means the system has to grow you know, like yeah. I had mentioned sometimes uh, we, had, you know, we found that we had to increase our frequency we had to start collecting different data from our spreaders uh, to support some of the things that we had started to dream up but sometimes you just yeah. need to get into it see what you've got work with what you've got you learn from that, and then, then yeah. you can start launching into more sophisticated things as you go.
0: Well, you're doing some, some very cool stuff in Iowa, and uh, we're looking forward to, like, looking over your shoulder. You know, you're plowing a lot of new ground for us, and uh, I think one, one thing is, you know, you take states, you know, like, like yourself, like Iowa, that uh, are really pushing the boundaries, and, and that really, you know, helps break trail for a lot of the, uh, the other states and, and the industry in general, so... Uh, thanks for having all that energy and <laughs> and uh, you know creativity and and stuff. That's uh,
1: well, really doing great Very stuff
0: good. for the for the industry. And and Tina, thanks for sitting down. Uh, this is sort of kind of on the spur of the moment, but sometimes I think those are the best kinds of conversations to have. And and uh, sharing what you're doing.
1: Well, thank you for having me again. It was it was great.
0: All right. Well, and uh, for everybody out there that's uh, listening in, thanks for. Listening as PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops with uh, the Iowa DOT. Thank you. All right. Now, but for all of the little crashes and banging and music in the background. Yeah, we had our um, theme music for a while. (laughs) We did.